Thank you, and good morning. Thanks for being online with us today. And uh, let's just, hey, let's just uh, make some noise online, blow up the feed, just keep posting and chatting and cheering on one another. And uh, we're so glad that you are, that you're with us and watching. And uh, again, I just hope that this morning is an encouragement to you wherever you are. I know here at the, at the church where we're this morning, worshiping together and the presence of God is here in this room, and I hope that that all translates through uh, however you're watching today. It's, uh, we're in week three of our Go series, and speaking of Go, like where did September go? This is already the last Sunday of September, and that's crazy, uh, and the Go series is based on Matthew chapter 28 where Jesus sends his disciples and us to go into all of the world, even places, go even to places that have frost 10 months of the year, uh, which is a bit of a challenge for me sometimes. But anyhow, I know that a lot of you are really uh, embracing this time of year and the changing of the leaves. And to me, it just means colder weather and trying to stay alive. But anyhow, last Sunday, we talked about taking your next step getting involved and getting your spiritual life going in the right direction. And this Sunday, we're going back to another familiar text, uh, one of my all-time faves, actually. And, you know, I was thinking about preaching this text today and thinking, boy, I've, I think I've preached this one a lot. But you know what? I mean, we sing some of our favorite songs. We sing them over and over and over. Why, why can't I preach a favorite text over and over? So, uh, this one's going to be a little bit familiar. No exaggeration, this text changed the trajectory of our church of Cross Point many years ago. This, this text is in the Cross Point DNA. It's an important part of our past, and I believe that it's an important part of our future as well. It's Mark chapter 2 where Jesus goes to the hated tax collector, Levi, and he invites him to, to follow him. And Levi immediately gets up and he leaves his old life behind and he just follows Jesus. And then we see it just shortly after that, Levi invites all of his sinner friends to a sinner's dinner with, with Jesus. There was a time when, for Crosspoint, when we not only knew this in our heads, but we practiced this with our feet. We, there was a time when, when these things, were, this is just the way that we operated around here. This was true. People would leave here on a Sunday morning, and they would be thinking about who they could invite, who they could reach out to, um, who they could invite into their small group or into their home or invite them to church. And because of love, in relationships, people far from God were, were coming to church and they were choosing to follow Jesus. And that just snowballed and it just kept snowballing. And, and we as a church just kept growing. And there was an energy around that. And it was exhilarating and it was intoxicating. And I believe it's going to be a part of our future as well. So here's the text. It's Mark chapter 2 beginning in verse 13. Then Jesus went out to the lakeshore again, and he taught the crowds that were coming to him. And as he walked along, he saw Levi, son of Alphaeus, sitting at his tax collector's booth. Follow me and be my disciple, Jesus said to him. 
So Levi got up and followed him. Later, Levi invited Jesus and his disciples to his home as dinner guests, along with many tax collectors and other disreputable sinners. There were many people of this kind among Jesus' followers. But when the teachers of religious law, who are Pharisees, saw him eating with tax collectors and other sinners, they asked his, his disciples, why does he eat with such scum? And when Jesus heard this, he told them, healthy people don't need a doctor. Sick people do. I have come to call not those who think they are righteous, but those who know they are sinners. There's a rhythm in the New Testament of go and tell and come and see. Go and tell others about Jesus and invite them to come and see who Jesus is, what God has done. And Jesus goes to Levi and then Levi invites others to come and see. Jesus goes to the woman, the Samaritan woman at the well and then she runs into town and she tells everybody, you've got to come and see. So there's that rhythm of go and tell, come and see. There are a few axioms that we use around here at Crosspoint that aren't original, but they remind us who, who we are as a church. And uh, they're, they're good to, for us to be reminded of them uh, almost on a weekly basis. Found people, find people. Saved people, serve people. Forgiven people, forgive people. We are, as a church, we are followers of Jesus who follow Jesus so that more people will follow Jesus. And Levi, the tax collector, this, this Levi is the same Matthew who wrote the first book of the New Testament. It's, it's the same Matthew who became a disciple of Jesus. And that's the power and the potential of one invitation. And Mark wants us to see that, that Jesus wasn't just sitting around or waiting around to, to see who might come through the doors of church or who might accidentally find him. In verse 13, Mark tells us that Jesus went out. Jesus goes. He goes where people are. He meets them where they are. And he helps them to understand who he is and understand the plan of God. You see, faith is not just something you have. Faith is something you do. Faith is something that you share. Faith is something that you, you practice. And sometimes we think, well, well, it's just, it's my faith. It's, it's a personal faith. But that's not what the New Testament teaches. It's not what Jesus is showing us in this text. He shows us that we need to go out uh, with and, and practice our faith. And when, when Mark says that Jesus was teaching the crowds, I get an image of of people just listening intently, leaning into the words of Jesus because of who he was. And they're hearing a message that was unlike anything they had ever heard before. Jesus is not out there, you know, beating them over the head with the Bible thumper 5,000. You know, he's not out there trying to argue people into heaven. He's simply sharing the good news sharing hope, sharing love, sharing the good news of who God is and what God have do, is, has done and, and how all of history points to God sending his son into the world to save us from our sins. You know, most people that, that you know, most of your friends and, and, and uh, your relationship 
people you know, they're not hoping that someone will come along and try to argue them into heaven. I mean, that's, that's not what people are hoping for. They don't wake up each day hoping someone will, will judge them or throw a scripture in their face. People are, are but they're open to love. People are open to, to relationships, love, grace. Um, they are open to, to care. And they want to see a faith that is real and how it is changing you. And when we see Jesus going into the community to love others, he's teaching us to go and do the same. I'm going to read verse 14 again. As he walked along, he saw Levi, son of Alphaeus, sitting at his tax collector's booth. Follow me and be my disciple, Jesus said to him. So Levi got up and followed him. Jesus um, goes a little further. He doesn't just go out into the community, but he goes a little further. And he goes straight towards the most despised person in the community. And he offers love and compassion and grace. Now, no offense today, if you work for Revenue Canada, if you're, if you're a tax collector, no offense, um, but uh, you have to understand this particular context in first century Palestine. Like the, the tax collectors were, were hated and despised on such a level. Like if you told this story, if you had a little kids, you know, around a campfire in the evening and you told them that Jesus went up to the tax collector, they would be, they would be hiding. They would be, you know, they wouldn't sleep for a week. I mean, the tax collector was the boogeyman in those days. Nobody talked to a tax collector. And Levi or Matthew, as we, as we came to know him, most likely would have been Jewish by birth. And whenever he made that decision that I think I'm going to be a tax collector, um, he, that choice means that he, uh, he chose money and career over family, over faith. He severed uh, his roots with his, with his family. Everyone knows that if you're sitting in the tax collector booth in first century Palestine, you're a traitor, you've gone to work for the enemy, you're a fink, you're a rat of the lowest low, and you are to be loathed and despised. And so when Jesus approaches Levi, that is a cosmic collision of grace. This is God's redeeming plan from the, from the fall of Adam and Eve in the garden. This is God's plan that the highest of the high would come into our world and die for the lowest of the low. When Jesus approaches Levi, I mean, jaws would have been dropping. People would have stared in disbelief. People would have started whispering, look what's going down. Look what's happening. You know, I mean, it would have been a big deal. Some people would have scoffed. Some people would have said, not in my church. Others would have wondered, what kind of man, what kind of man is this? What kind of rabbi is this who extends love to a tax collector? And it shattered everything that they knew to be true about religion. It's exactly what Jesus wanted to do. He wasn't starting a religion. He had something better, much, much better than religion in mind, relationship. 
When Jesus approaches Levi at that tax collector booth, he's not offering him another religion. He's offering him relationship. Relationship that accepts you where you are, as you are, whoever you are. And Jesus didn't confront all of Levi's sins or all of his bad decisions. He didn't argue with them or make a spectacle of him. He simply invited Levi to follow him. And Levi gets up and follows Jesus just like that. Mark, it, it's, Mark doesn't give us much detail. And, and the reason why he doesn't give us much detail is he wants us to know that it happened just, just like that simple. Levi just gets up and leaves everything behind to follow Jesus. He's leaving his old life behind. He's leaving his whole world behind um, to follow Jesus. And I'd like for us this morning to, to take this text, and maybe you need to read it again later in the day or keep reading it this week, and to, to put this text on like, like a pair of lenses to see your world through the lens of this text. In other words, who are the, who are the Levi's in my life? Who do I know that needs to see the love of Jesus? Who do I know that is hurting, uh, going through something difficult? Who is searching? Who is open? Who is, who is seeking? Who are the people who I need to walk towards, the people who need to see Jesus? And maybe they're not in a crisis, but just maybe me walking towards them in love and extending an invitation might change their life forever. Who is the absolute lowest person in our society? I'm not, I'm not trying to be judgmental with that. I just mean, who are the Levi's in our community? Like, who are the people that, that people would, would least expect to become followers of Jesus? Even Levi becomes a disciple of Jesus, writes the book of Matthew, plants churches, goes on to be a martyr for Jesus. Who are those people? Walk towards them. There was a time when, when cross pointers were doing this every single week. We were walking towards the Levi's in our community. We were walking towards our friends, our neighbors, our coworkers, family members, just everybody. We were just walking towards them uh, on a daily basis. And every Sunday was someone's first Sunday to church. There were new people coming to church every week. And oftentimes, they either had like hardly ever been in a church or at least not been back to church in a very long time. And a lot of those people had given up on church. And a lot of them thought, oh, if I go to church, the walls are going to cave in or lightning's going to strike or, you know, something crazy is going to happen. But when they came to church, like Levi, all they found when they came to Cross Point was love and grace and acceptance. The same way that Jesus approached uh, Levi at the tax collector's booth, and he did not judge him, and all he offered him was love and grace and acceptance. And I hope that really the goal of this message is that this will, will stir up those embers in our hearts and our lives, that this will stir the, the coals again of, of, uh, of seeing God work in people's lives. I hope God whispers to you today, 
Let's do it again. Let's do it again. And maybe right now, it's, 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 uh, in, I know we're in this state of emergency again, and it's, it's not the same way you know, as inviting people to church necessarily, especially not today when we're online. But, but that doesn't mean that we still can't walk towards people, that we can't reach out to people, uh, send, them, send them a link, or invite them to watch online, or just, just showing love towards someone, maybe starting a group in your home uh, of your steady 20. Uh, maybe start a group at work or a group at school. And that's, that's what Levi did. After Jesus goes to him, Levi thinks, other people, my friends need to hear about this too. Let's read it in verse 15 and 16. Later, Levi invited Jesus and, and his disciples to his home as dinner guests, along with many tax collectors and other disreputable sinners. There are many of this kind among Jesus' followers. But when the teachers of religious law, who are Pharisees, saw him eating with tax collectors and other sinners, they asked his disciples, why does he eat with such scum? Earlier this summer, we studied Luke chapter 15, uh, the story of the, the lost son, the younger brother who took his share of, his, of the estate, and he wasted in wild living. And he comes home when he's, when he's completely empty, broken, and desperate. He comes home, and he's met with the forgiveness of the father. And while the, the father throws this, this big feast because the younger son has returned, the older brother, who never left, who stayed home, and who obeyed everything that the father wanted him to do, that older brother who kept all the rules, he refuses to come into the party. He refuses to come into the feast and celebrate that his younger brother has come home. And this, there's a very similar image of this here in Mark chapter 2. The younger brothers are in the house feasting with Jesus, while the older brothers are outside disgusted by God's scandalous grace, and they refuse to come in to the feast. Forgiveness is a feast. Forgiveness is a feast. Levi, I mean, it's clear, Levi was not in the in crowd. He was in the out crowd, and he distinct, instinctively goes to his out crowd friends, the sinniest sinners in town, and he invites them into his home to introduce them to Jesus because he knows all they're going to get from Jesus is love and grace and forgiveness. He knows that the love of Jesus is not contained or restrained by rules, ritual, or religion. He knows that the love of Jesus is lavish and it's abundant and it's free and it breaks through all the barriers of, of race or ethnicity or what others might think is out of bounds or out of reach. You know, there were a lot of barriers that people saw between themselves and Levi, a lot of barriers that people saw between Jesus, a Jewish rabbi, and, Le and Levi. And Jesus, as he walks towards Levi, he's literally taking down all the barriers and making a bridge. You cannot sin your way out of the reach of God's grace. That's one of the great things that the story teaches. Levi was not beyond the reach of God's grace. You cannot sin your way 
beyond the reach of God's grace. And when you get past church and uh, past religion and maybe all of your bad church experiences that all of us have had, including myself, when you can get beyond those things and just see Jesus, you can get to a point where you just see how beautiful Jesus is. You'll never be the same and you'll want to invite all of your friends to experience and know who Jesus is. Now, you might not want to, uh, you know, put invitations around your neighborhood, inviting everyone to a sinner's dinner. Um, that might not be the best, the best thing. I don't know, or maybe you do, or, or to a scum party. Uh, you know, the Pharisees said, why does he eat with such scum? And you could use that text and invite everybody to a, to a scum dinner. Uh, you might not want to do that. Or, or maybe you do, I don't know. But we need to recapture and rekindle our fired up burden, our passion for spiritually lost people, just like Jesus did in this text. Jesus teaches us to go, to, to approach those people, to build relationships, to show love, to walk towards the messes. And one invitation could change a life forever. We've seen here at Crosspoint, we've seen the power of one invitation, one invitation, and people come and, and choose to follow Jesus, and it changes their lives forever. We've seen one invitation change entire families, and, and the spiritual trajectory of that family will be changed forever. The power of an invitation. It could restore a marriage. It could break an addiction. One invitation. It could heal a friendship. It could save someone from depression or suicide. Don't underestimate the power and the potential of one invitation. And so as we close this morning, I just want to close with, with these, these thoughts. I just want to leave these thoughts hanging. And maybe after uh, the service is over, you want to think about these things and chat them over with the people. If you're watching with someone else or chat online about these things. Who are the people in my life that I need to walk towards? This, um, this text from Mark is not a one-time event. This, Jesus is giving us a pattern. He's showing us that we need to get up and go out and walk towards people who need to hear about Jesus. They need to experience Jesus. So who are those people? Maybe you just want to think about that right now and... Um, Pray about that. Who are the people in my life? And then, what is my next step? Like, to really think about, what am I going to do this week? What are my next steps? How am I going to build relationship or rebuild a relationship or make a bridge? Um, and, and, and again, not beating people over the head or arguing anybody towards heaven, but just loving people, just caring for people, just showing people um, God's love, his forgiveness, and his grace. Let, let's pray together, and then we're going we're gonna to continue to worship. God, I just want to thank you uh, this morning for who you are, for what you're doing 
in our church and in our lives and in this city and uh, all the areas, Lord, that we represent. I thank you, God, for those who are watching online. And I pray, God, that your spirit would be speaking to them right now as this message and this text settles on our hearts and as your Holy Spirit uh, brings faces and names and, and uh, people to mind, Lord, would we, would we respond to that? Would we not just be a people of faith, but would we be active with our faith? And so, God, that's always been a part of the Crosspoint story and I know it's going to be a part of our future. So be with us now as we continue to worship. In Jesus' name, amen.